0: Welcome back to The Grim Darkness of the 41st Millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on The Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Brian LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Party has found Kanehurst's ship. Morgan and Cora scouted forward, Atticus joined Valentine in forced positivity, unsettling Eli, and Valentine was pleased when Kotar discovered cryopods that could be used in their mind-cloning experiments. But with Morgan on board Kanehurst's ship, can they survive whatever new threat has arrived? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy.
1: From the Design Notes of the Dream of Flight. Now, look, I I know what you're probably thinking, that the carpet's a little bit too much, but you know, it's a grim, dark universe out there, and who's to say we can't have a little plush, you know? Inquisitor Kanehurst. As the massive, heavy industrial doors begin to slide open on their sort of ancient and ungreased casters, uh, you can hear a a sharp uh, clicking and and ticking of of claws. Now, the good news is uh, this is one of those doors that is like, as we described, kind of floor to ceiling in the engine room. So these things are massive and they're slow. Um, a fun fact of Toronto was when they first opened the Sky Dome for the Blue Jays to play, it took two hours to open. So once you started, uh, if it was raining, you were just fucked, which happened on opening day and was very funny. Uh, and this is a similar situation where you can hear as soon as that initial gap opens, you can hear what's on the other side. But it's not like, you know, the, it, the Star Trek doors that just whip open and then there's just like, you know, fucking rancor there if I'm going to mix my, my stars. Um, so you can hear things uh, or thing getting at that door. Um, Morgan, uh, you are searching for uh, the, the sort of like essentially ramp um, situation for this. You know exactly where it is. Um, you know, things in, inside the ship have changed a bit, but no one puts this much uh, detail care into carpets or paneling to then change things. It's kind of one of those situations where once you've done it, you're kind of stuck with it. <laughs> like there's not, it's not as easy once you've you've decorated. Um, so... You know, running almost on instinct, uh, you you make your way uh, towards the door, uh, and in doing so, um, you uh, you feel a sharp pain uh, in in just like behind your eyes, mm. um, and you, you stumble a bit uh, as you make your way past um, a f- again just a door that you've walked past a hundred times, thousand times, um, and you can see uh, that uh, as you do, you hear a ruffle. Um, and looking to your left uh, you see just a floor-to-ceiling uh, mosaic of uh, purity seals and scrolls uh, that have been affixed uh, to this door um, and uh, your your vision almost blurs when you look at it uh, and you can see that it has been intensely locked um so much so uh, that uh, you you, I think being a sneaky person who pays attention to such things, mm-hmm. you cl- you can clearly identify that like this is a rosette based lock. Like basically, someone with inquisitorial status is the only person who can open this. You can think of it um, almost as like uh, this is a weird thing, but like one of those like heavy duty uh, spring loaded sort of compression lock systems. That's just like blocking the door entirely so even if you were to try and like break it down there isn't really a lot you can do um while this thing is is in place mm-hmm. uh and beside it you see a small panel uh, bearing the name uh devrim narl do you stop and examine the door or do you keep going in search of the ramp
2: oh man i want i do not want to be by this door that's for sure fuck this door when morgan gets those kinds of vibes that feels like chaos creepy vibes to her and she does not like that at all so she will move on quickly away from that
1: And we never saw that door again a uh, completely unrelated detail to our story um you uh you book it through to the back of the ship and um slam a, a button and there's like almost an electric whine uh like the engine is is struggling um to activate and um, sure enough, like what for you is painfully slowly, but in reality only takes a few seconds. Uh, the the back ramp um, to the uh, Dream of Flight um, lowers and it kind of like starts to click down. You can hear the gears grinding um, and then eventually there's kind of a crack snap as um, a tooth somewhere in something breaks and the ramp slams to the ground uh, with kind of a thunderous echo. Um, as soon as it does, you can see kind of like the the doors beginning to open um, as well as just the spinning kind of like the classic yellow light that just kind of spins to let you know that heavy machinery is in place uh, and you can you can hear the noises um, meanwhile valentine eli atticus and co um you can see like you hear the the, the slam you can obviously see the doors yeah. opening um you also hear some unnerving sounds above you, um, uh, sort of uh, some, some general uh, commotion um, sort of in the, the decks above you. It's not the sound of boots rushing to your location, so it's not necessarily that you've been um, spotted because you've been moving it very stealthily. Um, but you can tell that uh, there is something upstairs as well. So going back isn't exactly a, a great option for you. Uh, Morgan, you do um, you do have comms, obviously. If you want to try and, and and reach them, um, I'm kind of curious what everyone's immediate reactions to this situation are. Because kind of dropped the door opening bomb on you at the end, and then left you all to it.
0: I mean, the ramp is opening. I, in Eli's mind, it's like, uh, what the what the hell are these noises? Obviously, the ship's been powering stuff, so it has power. Maybe it can fly us out of here. Either way, we have to get information that's on that ship.
1: So, um, well, uh, so I like I like that mostly, Laura. But there's something I want to loop back to in a moment. Let's hear where Valentine and Atticus are. But um, something
3: we, we got to dig into a little bit before we carry on. Uh, I mean, Valentine's instinct is. To get on board that ship solely because if they can close it up again and everything here is protecting it, odds of them going inside to check out the interior, very low. So with the stealthy insertion so far, it's like if you can get in, if you can get inside the vault in the middle of the bank, the odds of the manager calling the cops when they walk through the area is very low. But you have to get into that fucking vault. Great. Uh, And Atticus. Uh, I think Atticus is preparing for battle. I think he's got his riot shield out and his fist primed and ready. Uh, he's ready to be that, that front line. Great. That front line defense.
1: Okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, so um, all of you are getting ready to move. Uh, Morgan, I imagine you're like at the door. Are you still stealth suited up?
2: Yeah, she would be near the door after she pushed the button and just would quietly into her own shoulder comes back and the door is open i didn't clear the entire ship but i don't see anyone on board so far
3: excellent if you could be ready to close that the moment we're on board we will shall we say break into a sprint madly towards it and climb inside as quickly as possible
2: yes sir and morgan will position herself by that button
3: great
1: um Okay, so as uh the three of you begin to run, uh Laura for Eli.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm going to need you to please roll me a survival check. Oh, uh, come
0: on, man.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm sorry. Uh I'm gonna go with vigilance instead. Not just because you complained, but because it's the better roll. <laughs> 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 Marginally um, better. <laughs> I meant better for me, not for you. I don't care what's good for you. <laughs> um, yeah, God so Tom. Uh, vigilance. Uh, yeah, vigilance. Roll. Uh, difficulty two. Okay. Um, you get uh, a setback for um, running for having a clear objective. Like as as you said, yeah. like Eli's very much like. Why are we? What are we standing around for? Let's let's get get on board. Yeah. Um boost that I can't explain right now. And I think that's it for me. Um Okay. This is this is, an is
0: this an initiative check? No,
1: this no? is okay. uh this is um Eli yep. uh noticing something. That's fair. So if no, I just anything, wanted to make sure I have
0: something for initiative. Sure. I can't uh, use it now. Okay.
1: But if there if there is anything you would you would say towards like like in D D terms, this would almost be your passive perception. Like yeah. We're basically rolling to see if Eli notices something very specific about the surroundings.
0: Um, Oh, man, I'll just roll.
1: All right. And then we talked about story points off air, Tom. We did. I don't like my rule of four because I'm looking at five boxes on my Zoom screen and it. I can only hold one number in my head like an old calculator watch. So uh, we're going to go with five. Uh, and uh, because I'm, I'm so nice, despite uh, what I just said to Laura, um, I'm going to say it's uh, three and two in your favor. Because I know it's on the other side of the door and you don't. So I think it's only fair that I give you a little, little boost because you're probably going to need it. It's a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> it's Clifford, the big red dog. The red is for chaos. Um,
0: I got one success, two threats.
1: One success, two threats. Uh, okay, that actually nets out uh, pretty perfectly. Uh, as the three of you begin to run, um, uh, Eli, um, you 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 stagger uh, a little bit um, because you said earlier that uh, like who knows what's behind that door. But you know when you close your eyes and there's not enough uh, you know like Amr-Sec in your system, like you hear those claws on metal. You've always heard those claws on metal. You hear them in the inside of your skull when you sleep. Uh, you can feel them crawling up and down your, your spine uh, in moments of weakness. Uh, you know the sound of tyranids when you hear them. And they sound like there are a lot scratching at those doors.
0: Eli, uh, he is staggered by that emotionally um, so he will he will just like look to everyone else we like faster faster god it's a tyranny, it's faster and he Valentine will pick is, up his pace
3: <laughs> Valentine isn't going to say anything but Valentine is just going to assume that Eli is cracking under the pressure yeah that's that's
1: you know it's the boy who cried tyranids like I get it it's uh oh. As long um, as
3: it's motivating and Valentine isn't gonna have any feedback or notes. <laughs> like he's running fast. It's good. Yeah, the result is the
1: same. That's a very inquisitorial way of thinking about it.
3: Yeah, um, he makes a note in it. He makes a note in his head to imply tyranids when he needs Eli to move. Oh, <laughs> no. I Require this jar open. There may be tyrannids in it.
1: <laughs> um
0: he's not gonna open it then.
1: Eli just spaces the jar. <laughs> it's our last jar of jam. Um okay, so um, as we are running and we now know that there's a threat, uh, imminent, uh, I'm going to need, uh, athletics, everyone's favorite role, um, from Eli, Valentine, and Atticus. Um, we're going with a difficulty of, um, two. Um, this is just a stress difficulty, not a, there's, there's not a lot impeding you other than just the, the standard sort of engineering shit you would find in an engine room, um, W, you
2: thing? Yeah, the only note I would have is for positioning, and if it matters, that Toby would be with the party coming back around, because C- Toby couldn't have snuck into the top of the ship mm-hmm. through all of those grates. So Toby will know exactly which way to go to get around to where Morgan is standing, if cool. that helps at all for oh, everyone that, that might
1: That might be a boost dice for everyone, just like Laura got a boost dice for deep-seated knowledge of tyranid sounds that i couldn't talk about until now um cool great so i love that so everyone gets a boost uh from from morgan um i'm gonna say you get a boost from eli uh whether or not you believe <laughs> the tyranids are coming the fact that the the drill sergeant who has been drilling you on things is yelling at you i think for atticus even like valentine like you're kind of like a four D chess kind of guy, but I feel like if you came through the Imperium system, like there's gotta be a little part of you that has the get up and go when someone who is the drill instructor is yelling in a panicked tone. So it gives you both some good motivation. And Eli, you've 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 just got I'm gonna give you two boosts for this because like you don't wanna be here when those things come through. You know what that's like.
0: Yeah, man.
3: So to be uh, clear, there for Valentine, there's a Toby boost and a getting yelled at boost. Correct. Okay. Yep. Uh, same thing for Atticus
1: and for cool. Eli, you're sitting with three boosts. Uh, you got a Toby boost and yeah, two man. just internal
3: monologue. Uh, there's, a, there's Then there's a Tira boost and a Nid boost. They're, they're uh, split up because I, syllables. Yeah, yeah, it's all syllable based boosts uh,
1: uh, hooked on Tira Nid phonics. Worked for <laughs> me. I'm rolling. <not> <laughs> um, I don't think there's any setbacks. There are still three story dice available to you.
3: Um, Go ahead. Atticus got seven successes and one advantage. Oh. <laughs> he gets a track medal. <laughs> Valentine got six successes and one threat. Wow. Okay.
0: Eli got three advantages, one triumph.
1: Hell yeah. Um, so Eli, in in a burst of speed, just kind of like pulling past, I think, uh, Valentine and, and Atticus with like, you know the the fanatical fervor that only someone who's actually like faced these things would would have in terms of like the need for speed. Um, mm-hmm. You reach the uh, the bottom of the ramp uh, first because you rolled a triumph. Uh, I'm gonna ask. Uh, you can. Yeah, we'll say that um, in the time it takes everyone to run over and hearing the urgency in your voice, um, actually Morgan buys you enough time to fix the. Uh, Fix the the ramp mechanism. I was gonna make you guys roll to kind of like get that ramp up fast, but I think Eli, if you're cool spending your triumph that way, we'll just say that like.
0: Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, that was a pretty big clang. Like mm-hmm. we, yeah, we, we we Eli knows what that's. That's not the right sound. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. So you get there, and instead of like good. covering everything, I think it's it's a quick like in more efficiently than I think we've ever seen Eli do something. It's just really like MacGyvering, like breaking a pencil off in it, and being like yeah. good enough, um, but uh, certainly enough to to close it. Um, Valentine and Atticus, uh, you pull in right after. I'm going to pass the threat forward to the next roll against you. Um, so that'll just disappear into space and time for now. Uh, and, uh, as you, you pile in and, and Morgan, you slam the, uh, slam your hand on, on the ramp mechanism. Um, there's actually a, a blast of, of stray lasgun fire, uh, from the, uh, the gap in the doors. Uh, it's not, it's clearly not aimed, um, cause it goes, it goes wide in like a GI Joe way where there's just like lasgun fire kind of blasting in, in all directions. Um, But I think tactically, it's the equivalent of jamming the muzzle of your gun through a gap and just kind of firing in the hopes that you get lucky. Um, But uh, nevertheless, it is strange. The ramp uh, ascends and closes behind you, uh, sealing all of you momentarily into the dream of flight.
2: Did, did, Did our babysitting friends make
1: it? Oh yeah, yeah. You can assume that the Babysitters Club is okay. Is, okay good. I mean, just unless checking. Valentine is like, "Korra, stand there." <laughs> just the closest the <laughs> <of way. laughs> um, But uh, yeah, I kind of always imagine that Atticus is doing a bit of the um, a bit of the Mr. President run with people, where it's like it's not <laughs> really a question of whether or not you are physically capable of keeping up. You just are. Um, and I know Valentine, you've basically been keeping a hand on Kotov. Yep.
3: He's necessary.
1: Did you leave him behind to look at the the pods? I think you
3: brought him. Uh, No, because that's a really great way to have somebody get murdered by whatever else is in the ship. So Kotov, (laughs) also don't leave Kotov to play with toys on his own. That's a terrible idea. He's going to escape. He's a fucking heretic. (laughs) (laughs) So he's got Kotov. Uh, So I think where Valentine is, he would say, all right, uh, if we could jam that door shut in a way that we could perhaps undo, but more importantly, not allow whoever is pursuing us to follow through, that would be excellent. Atticus, if you could take our dear friend Cora and prepare to be boarded. Just however you could cause maximum carnage and bias as much time as possible in here, that would be fantastic. Morgan, Kotov, Eli. Eli and Kotov, if you could figure out everything you know about this ship. Just take the bridge, find the defenses. There's got to be something, maybe an armory. I'd like to know where every gun is, and I'd like to use them all, especially if they're automated. Morgan, let's find the interesting things. Where is uh, the location of this Psychus Quarters, followed by Cainhurst's?
2: Well, I did not find the second quarters but I found the most disturbing door
3: excellent that door is mine alright break uh, <laughs> he's just gonna start <laughs> like so Eli you've got Kotov to deal with yeah. ship stuff Atticus you've got Cora for defenses uh, and Valentine's ready to stock off with Morgan
1: sure and I'll say Valentine um, as soon as you kind of like as the, the adrenaline begins to to lower a bit and you're just kind of like focusing in on it um similar to the the experience uh morgan had like your your um it's interesting because your vision doesn't blur because you have bionic eyes but the way your brain is interpreting the signals from those eyes is you're getting a bit of that um pulling focus thing with like a moving camera where your brain just is having difficulty taking in the images uh from your your bionics um and uh, you have a bit of that uh, sense of of falling and weightlessness in your stomach uh, that you you felt kind of coming into and out of your visions. Um, Psyker stuff, of course, being very unfamiliar territory for you, uh, being completely untrained and also not like not having psycher abilities. Um, this stuff, I, I'm sure, feels. Like frustrating, almost in a sickness way. Um, Oh, yes.
3: Viciously unpleasant, one might say. Uh, He would run his aspects over uh, symbols and other elements that are on the door uh, just to run through. Obviously, he's not an expert in psyker stuff. He couldn't put it together himself. He doesn't know any of that, but he would, he does have forbidden lore. Like, he's got some Mm. knowledge Mm. of secret. Inquisition elements that he could read about. If, there, For example, if there's something on this that's like, you know, the Inquisitorial Mark for psycher Biohazard, it'll kill you. He'd like to know that before he opens it. Totally. Uh, and I should clarify,
1: you have the feelings I was describing, like, at the airlock. So it gets worse the closer you get to the door. Um, but, uh, yeah, sure. So you, you pull up. Um, can you go ahead and roll me Forbidden Lore, uh, difficulty one got the auspics, which i think gives you a plus two traditionally
3: it adds to perception we could say it adds one I, i'd be happy to add th- it
1: to this i cool. think it it tracks um i'm gonna give you one setback from the threat uh that carried forward and one setback just from feeling gross this is uh mm. this is not like a food poison sherlock holmes isn't having the best deductive time of his life uh yeah
3: uh, however, he has tempered will, which removes setback, including from I think disorientation. Hey, right. Yeah, right. all right, I take that. Yep, take that to the bag. Yep, nice. disoriented condition. So his his power of being a sociopath carries him <laughs> forward. Uh, <laughs> let's see what happens. Uh, I'll spend a story point on this one because this feels like something that he would know more about. Because if you don't know anything about psychers. And as an Inquisitor, you, ha- you should read up on them a lot more. He is good at his job and trying to at least understand an abstract threat.
1: Morgan, you're with him. Is there anything mm-hmm. you'd be doing to help? I don't really know what it would be, but I figure I should ask.
2: Yeah, I think the only thing she would say is just, this must have happened between the last time I saw this ship and now, because I've never seen this before.
3: Interesting. This bodes well. And terribly. Uh, and he just keeps walking forwards, uh, pleased and concerned. Right. All right.
1: Um, okay. So go ahead with your roll on the door
3: one triumph, two success, two threat. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so it is psycho stuff. It is. It is. You are, yeah, you are correct. This is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch-heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic lickspittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon they must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice then our cabal can rise to the heights of brutality and cruelty we can slay every player character skin the flesh from their bones and leave them with no hope remaining unless somehow people go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice with enough support perhaps they could stop us but that. Will never happen.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, sorry, how many successes did you have over and above the triumph? Two. Two? Okay. Um, so you see a variety of of uh seals and, and these have clearly been like these these aren't the uh ravings of a of a lunatic these are um like you you do recognize this as a, as a form of quarantine uh this is some pretty classic imperium when in doubt slap a purity seal on it uh nonsense there is a lot of uh I think a lot of liturgical things that your brain is almost at this point, it's almost like seeing like um, ads when you're scrolling a website where your brain just skims over the fact that they exist because you've just seen generic like god emperor look over this door, like ensure that the uncle, like, you know, that sort of stuff that is just kind of scrawled everywhere. Uh, But you sure as shit find some uh, sort of psychic quarantine writs um, and and um, specific pieces um, that seem to suggest um, that the, that there is uh, like obviously a, a, a psychic disturbance, some kind of warp disturbance uh, to this space. Um, from your triumph and everything else you can read, uh, it's very clear that Devramnarl Narl, uh, these were his quarters and he was locked inside them um, and quarantined inside them. Uh, that said, uh, because you've got a triumph, I'm going to say you're able to determine from these, though, that th- uh, this is not a professional assessment of what happened in there. So you're asking Ryan specifically about the idea of like a, a psych quarantine. That is absolutely what has been stated. But you can tell from how generic it is. And it does seem to be the most official piece. Like this is what Kanehurst himself has signed off on. Um But it's not like a doctor came in and said, this is radioactive and here's why. It's kind of like someone saying, this is radioactive and we shouldn't go in there because radioactive. So there's definitely disturbance because you can feel it. But um, from your triumph, you're fairly certain that if you open the door, it's not going to like shred you and Morgan.
3: Yeah, they didn't, like, capture a demon host and tie it in there based on his assumption. This is just the power of ignorance, which he also (laughs) greatly supports, but sometimes means people don't always do the things that are necessary for the emperor. Uh, So he'll just turn to Morgan and say, well, we're going to need to be prepared for combat. At the same time, if you could gird your soul, perhaps praying to the emperor and summoning all of the hate and xenophobia you have inside you, I'm going to open this door and then we may uh, have to kill something.
2: Oh, Morgan's getting sniper rifle out ready and looks very disturbed, but there's no other option here.
1: I do love the mental image of of just like the massive sniper rifle in a small hallway at the door. There's just something real charming to me about like the Final Fantasy sized weapon in a hallway is always a, a, a funny beat. Um great, so uh Morgan, you train your your rifle on the door uh, do mm-hmm. you do you pray to the the emperor or or summon up xenophobia what's what what is Morgan Rawls girding her soul look like?
2: man, Morgan Rawls girding her soul. I think this this place too makes her just feel all itchy and weird. She does not like any of these kinds of feelings mm-hmm. so her girding herself is more just an internal like track of nope just. Like, (laughs) not going to. If something is there, I'm going to shoot it. She's trying to look at exactly what is physically in front of her and not think about any of those feelings and not associate with any of them. So it's actually more of a trying to be present in her body and looking at things than, like, letting any emotions or mind things happen to her.
1: Awesome. Uh, I'm going to need a discipline check from you, please. Um,
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh, no. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, it's okay it's it i mean it's a pretty reasonable difficulty of four um Mm -hmm. no setback i'll give you one boost from just i i get the sense that uh morgan has spent a lot of her her history compartmentalizing things so i think you're like particularly adept at it um (laughs) i guess your history of self-repression have yourself a boost thank Um, you but that's it. And actually, you know what? I'm going to give you an additional setback for being on this ship. Okay. You did not want to be back here, no. uh, particularly out in the open. There's, there's a lot of nope.
2: I don't, I don't think there's a way to pass this, but we're going to try. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, come on, website. It's just sitting there.
1: Uh-oh. The website is also scared. It
2: hates me. <laughs> website is very scared all right we're gonna have to input it again one step back one for those piece. of you
1: uh, listening and watching uh, who are unfamiliar uh, our beloved dice roller died in the grim darkness of the future where there's only war uh, Abaddon got, got to it and, and destroyed it so now now we're, 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 we're doing <gasps> oh. what we can
2: oh my word repression works I've got three successes and four threats
3: wow Ooh. wow okay. that
2: was not in my favor whatsoever it was just too green and a boost versus 4 in a setback. Damn.
1: Damn. Wow. Well done. All right, so um Morgan, you this is a slippery concept to hold on to mm-hmm. uh in this particular moment. Um again, there's just a lot. This is bringing up a lot for you. It is. But not the first time. I think though what you find problematic and a little bit concerning is your your you're kind of like hitting that drum beat of nope. Um, in trying to keep the kind of itchiness and and the feeling of of being back in this space, and again, like I think the equivalent would be you're someone who like lurks in the dark, and you're standing in the like bright overhead cheerful fluorescence with like wood panel, like it just it it all feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something else that you also feel a little bit just on the edge, trying like bumping up against your feelings, um, and because you actually succeeded so well, you don't really get a sense of what it is. But it's alarming to you that, like, I think you're conscious enough, and also with the threat, you're conscious enough to notice that there is something, something's afoot.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, Meanwhile, um, Eli, uh, you have been tasked with, I believe, uh, Atticus, you're preparing for boarding actions, and Eli, your job is to figure out, like, how to seize control of whatever the ship has going forward. Is that correct?
0: Yep. Yep. And oh. looking for like weapons defenses.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Great.
0: Just basically uh, checking out the system, seeing what we have, taking stock of everything.
1: Fair enough. Um, okay. So um, previously uh, for you, Eli, we've done, I believe. Oh, it's been a hot second. Was it like tech use? We've done I think, tech use. Yeah. For, for your knowledge of ships. So let's go ahead yep. with that. Um, Cool. So that's your basic pool. Um, you do have uh, Gideon who can assist you with with a tech check. He's got like two charges left. So you can kind of, if you choose to implement him on something like this, you can. It's up to you whether or not you want to use him in that way. It will feel a bit different than it did upstairs because it's not like a hacking into a thing. It's more of a like using a thing really well. So you can think of him here more as whatever systems you uncover, he can boost rather than a he yeah. will get into the systems for you kind of thing.
0: Um, I yeah i mean we're we're gonna die here if we don't get (laughs) things up and running quickly so yeah (laughs) let's let's use it let's use him um so that's a boost
1: for him um i'm gonna say we'll treat that uh in this instance i know it worked differently upstairs but for here uh, i'm gonna say it's the equivalent of a story point okay he's he's really like jacking up what you're trying to do rather than hacking into a thing for you
0: okay um and then i would argue for a boost for myself with for familiarity overall Yep, I buy that. Um, okay, what's my difficulty?
1: Um, your difficulty on this one is going to be three.
0: Okay. Any setbacks or anything?
1: I don't think so in this case, honestly. Um, I've been I've been playing with the difficulty in my head a little bit. I think three is the right one for this. Uh, okay. I don't think there are any setbacks though, because like, unlike yeah. Morgan, you know this ship during the day. It's never bothered you. Tyranids outside, bad, but like. Turn ship into murder machine to kill Tyrion. It's good. Good, so think, very good. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: very I good. Right. I mean, not great though. Uh, three advantages, but one failure.
1: Hmm. Uh, okay. Well, narratively, that's actually real great. <gasps> so uh, one of my favorite too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and Morgan can just swap uh, roles accidentally. <laughs> we did. Like the, the new dice rolling site is like, I will save this one for the next player. <laughs> uh, it's just like shitty Skynet. It's petty Skynet. Um. So, um. Eli, the issue here isn't finding the systems. It is as you go to boot them, uh, you can see just how overtaxed uh, the the Dream of Flight is. Um, It's been a a, a bother this whole time uh, as to how um, the uh, uh, Mercy for the Pure has been operational at all. Um, And you can see now that basically uh, the ship has been rigged to run as a battery. Um, to keep minor systems running throughout uh, the Hulk. The problem is the Hulk is really fucking big, and just running those minor systems over the length of time Kanehurst's ship has been missing seems to have run it pretty dry. So there are gun batteries. Uh, There's like a couple. Some of them were ripped off uh, when it was dragged uh, through the wall. But... um, it's not a whole hell of a lot. It's not the, the punchiness that you wanted, uh, by any stretch. That said, um, you are able to, cause so you got a bunch of, um, you got a bunch of advantage.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, you can pass that. You had four advantage,
0: three,
1: three. So you can pass that four to a specific player if you'd like. Um, or we can do something environmentally with it. It's up to you. Uh,
0: environmental.
1: Okay. Um, We'll say that uh, you are able to um, uh, activate the the seals on the doors. So the doors that were closed are now, like, actively uh, sealed. It's not yes. impenetrable by any stretch, yep. but in terms of a breach action, it's the difference between, like, this door isn't locked. <laughs> I can just kind of, like, wrench it open and, oh, I actually have to fight uh, the yeah. machine. But yes, you can see um, from all the power readouts that it it really is, like... This thing is overtaxed and running on low, but low enough that it's uh, it's incapable of flight um, mm. or or fight uh, for that matter.
0: Cool. Okay. Butts.
1: Butts indeed. All right, uh, Atticus, uh, you and Cora have been sent to uh, arm the, uh, sort of raid the armory, see see what's available. What would you be looking for to, or what, how would you be preparing for the breach action?
3: Uh, just looking to arm everyone uh, to repel borders. So that kind of weaponry, I, I would assume <coughs> bolt guns or like shotguns or something that just hits people coming through, concentrated spaces and makes a mess of them. Fair enough.
1: Um, so you're able to find the armory uh, fairly easily um, and it is bare. The pantry is bare. Uh, there is not a arranged weapon on on the shelf. Um, you do see um, a pair of old uh, dueling rapiers, um, but like almost a uh, sort of fencing style where, where they're blunted, um, mounted on kind of like a wooden shield, Um at the back of the, the armory, uh, very much fits the decor. Um, but beyond that, uh, there are no no weapons from the racks. You can tell. Um, I think for you, Atticus, you would recognize this as a, a a decent like a decent armory, essentially for a private security force kind of thing. So, presumably, each member of the retinue, as you've seen with both Morgan and Eli, would carry their own shit that they found, their own weapons. Um, but if you needed to arm a bunch of rent-a-cops real fast, this is the kind of armory you're you're looking at. Uh, you can see there are racks for shotguns, um, you know, like bolt pistols, um, like but a couple of gone. bigger things, like full two full racks of las guns uh, that are missing, um, right. and then all the the ammo uh, boxes have been been emptied long ago.
3: All right, uh, then Atticus would uh, turn out of the room. And head back and say, uh, um Raw right, interrogator Cora. We're gonna have to create some barricades and uh whatever we have on ourselves is what we're gonna repel these borders with.
1: Um, and she just uh kind of nods, and you can see like she's got a a little bit of a manic glint uh in her eye. Um, as uh, as she just says, uh, you know, we've I've read so much about the Tyranids to be in their presence. It's cold, isn't it? I don't know. I haven't heard a fucking thing. Let's go. Um, and <laughs> uh, a grin starts to to spread across her face uh, and she just nods and says, yeah, yeah, let's fucking go. Uh, and she follows you uh, deeper into the ship. Um, Valentine, uh, you've got your Rosette ready to go. Uh, you stand before the, the, the door of, of Devramnarl. Narl. Um, Morgan has her her sniper rifle trained on the door. Um, do you have uh, your your
3: power sword out? Oh, yeah. Power sword's out and ignited. He activates his refractor field, and then he just hums a little, you know, him. Just... <laughs> pushes the Rosary in. <laughs> pushes the Rosette in. He's ready.
1: Um... <laughs> Can you please roll me a... uh, What's this one going to be? It's going to be Perception. Okay. Perception, yeah. Uh, Actually, sorry, I lied. Forbidden lore, difficulty one. Um, I'm going to give you no boosts or setbacks. All righty, let's see what happens. Two successes. Um, as you you hum your your, your jaunty tune um, and uh, and and slide the uh, the rosette into the um, uh, the lock, uh, something odd occurs to you uh, which is uh, that you actually don't know this jaunty tune that you know all the lyrics to and are humming like perfectly and comfortably, but it's not one of yours. Um, at which point, uh, with a, a, like, metallic clang, the arms of this um, spring-loaded uh, lock um, sort of re-eject back into the uh, the central capsule, which falls to the ground. And with a ruffling of uh, purity seals, uh, the door slowly um, sort of slides open and, you know, the, the, the wax is cracked and knocked mm. off and sheared off as... Uh, a fluttering paper kind of rains down around you um and uh you're hit immediately by uh just a a a wall of of uh the the stink of uh incense just a heavy heavy like cloud hits you of of stale incense and you can see small sticks wedged into every possible kind of corner and crack of this Admittedly, fairly small room. Um, It's uh, dimly lit by um, uh, kind of like a red running light. Uh, You can tell that these are basically the low power lights that would be available within cabins if you like turn them off, but an emergency kicked in. Um, And the whole room seems to be bathed in that. Um, you can see a, uh, a sort of a bed in one corner, um, a small round table uh, in the center that's kind of stacked with uh, a variety of, of papers and scrolls. There's scrolls everywhere. There's just kind of writing on the walls, on the ground. Um, there's a small uh, sort of like bathroom space in the corner. It's very much like a, almost a cell, um, which Morgan, you would recognize as similar to one, uh, one to what you had. Um, and uh, lounging, uh, on the uh the sort of one corner couch uh, the, the one kind of nod to luxury in the uh, in the space uh is the body of of derah narl uh and he is um desiccated and uh almost mummified like the the skin is is tight to his bones um scraggly hair but really does look like one of those uh bodies that's almost like fallen into like a tar pit or a bog or something and has kind of managed to maintain that really leathery skin that's just stretched thin over bone. Um, he's stripped to the waist, uh, and he's just wearing like what's clearly like an inquisitorial jumpsuit that's been um, sort of ripped and fashioned into a loincloth um, that's just been kind of like very casually tied um, around his waist. Uh, obviously, it, it hangs loose on him now that, that he's he's reduced down to pretty much skin and bone. Um, he's leaning back, um, and even though it, there's very little skin left on his face, what skin there is, is drawn back into a beautific grin, just a big, wide, toothy smile. Um, and, you know, his, his hands are, are, are palms up. Um, and honestly, he, he looks almost like he'd thrown his head back to laugh, um, and had just stayed there forever, kind of um and above him uh painted uh seemingly in his own blood uh given the lack of other uh, available tools for all the empty ink pots around him uh there's a massive round icon um that he's he's kind of like scrawled onto the wall um with two kind of um vertical uh slashes kind of drawn down it um, and a large kind of uh, almost scythe-like shape uh, of like a, a semicircle. Uh, and you recognize a big fucking bloody smiley face and written above it uh, in big thick bloody letters, don't worry, be happy. At which point the outside of the ship begins to be pummeled by lasgun fire. And then you hear a couple of thumps and realize, that plasma weapons have entered the fray
0: this episode of the valentine heresy features ryan Laplante at the ryan Lepland on twitter as inquisitor lucius valentine tyler hewitt at tyler underscore hewitt on twitter as atticus viz laura hamstra at el Hemstring on twitter as eli sharp del Borvik at del tastic on twitter as morgan rolls and our game master tom mcgee at McGeeTD td on twitter
3: OMG, it's Big Nick. D D and Things, Norma Byers, schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre Degados, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, and Gillian Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you.
2: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
3: Are you two still awake? Dad, Dad, we're too excited! excited. You'll be tired at Mockery Manor tomorrow, and it's bigger than ever, so you really do need to sleep. Daddy, tell us about the new expansion. Okay, okay. Yay! Once upon a time, there was a wonderful place, Mockery Manor. Everyone loved it, but sometimes it felt lonely. The manor longed for a companion, so they built a whole new park right next door and called it Claytonville. And it was the rootinest, tootinest place you ever did see. Yee on board the brand new Mockery Railroad all the way to Claytonville. Toot toot! In Claytonville, there are four cowboy lands to explore Lasso a goat in Farbin Valley. Kiss your girl's best friend in Lovelorm Town. Stop it, Terry. And in Cowboy Christmas Town, hop on down to the Bluegrass Grotto to meet Cowboy Santa. Ho, ho, ho down! And are you brave enough to ride the wildest ride in Claytonville? Look out. It's the Four Spurs pine Train! <laughs> To go to mockery manor and claytonville two parks in one and only 19.99 for a family of four and how about
1: you yeah that's right you listening to
3: this are you ready to come back to mockery manor season three available now